Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. We're so glad to have you with us here this evening on Ask Herbal Health Expert Susan Weed, a two-hour radio show each Tuesday night. Herbal medicine is people's medicine, simple, safe, effective. Please bring your curiosity and health questions. Susan will enlighten, surprise, and delight you. I know most of you know Susan Weed already. She's my mom, so I know her. But for those of you who have not yet met Susan, I'd like to share, she is the author of the Wise Woman Herbal series, wonderful books on women's health and herbal medicine, including Wise Woman Herbal for the Childbearing Year, Breast Cancer Breast Health! Exclamation point, The Wise Woman Way, Healing Wise, The Wise Woman Herbal, New Menopausal Years, The Wise Woman Way, Down There, Sexual and Reproductive Health, The Wise Woman Way. And Abundantly Well, Seven Medicines, The Wise Woman Way, the newest book in the Wise Woman Herbal Series. So exciting. In addition to being the editor at Ashtree Publishing and writing her books, Susan is the director of the Wise Woman Center in Woodstock, New York. The Wise Woman Center is open to the public on appointment-only basis. She offers weekend workshops, intensives, and apprenticeships throughout the season. Susan is also available to you online via wisewomanmentor.com. There you can go and view her weekly e-zine. You can subscribe to receive a notification via email each week, or you could join her mentorship program. Susan also offers distance learning correspondence courses and online courses at thewisewomanschool.com. Join us there for colorful, instructive, easy video courses, including Easy Herbal Medicine with Susan Weed, Happy Knees, a cancer diagnosis, adaptogens for long life, and abundantly well companion course, wisewomanschool.com. You can also just go to her website, susanweed.com, where you will find thousands of pages online with recipes, articles, art features, and so much more. Well, for now, let's see what Susan has to share with us this evening. Thank you, and welcome, Susan. Thank you, Justine, and welcome, everyone. Uh, We are still waiting for Susan uh, to join us in the queue here. I'll say happy 4th of July to everyone, and um, 
We also do not have a guest this evening, so I'm not sure how Susan is going to handle that. We may do extra time for questions and answers, or maybe um, we will end 30 minutes early. But either way, um, we'll be looking for Susan to join us here. So uh, let me see if I can do anything to help make that happen. All right. Hang on, everyone. Sacred Lord Mother, come to me. Make my way sacred, fill me with beauty. Sacred Lord Mother, come to me. Make my way sacred, fill me with everything at your place tonight going well how are you feeling a little frustrated with the weather oh still raining 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 Uh raining raining i've been counting like okay it hasn't rained in three hours i'm going out to harvest Uh. (laughs) you know usually Uh. i like to wait 36 hours Right, right. Right, but like, it's just that, and everything is covered in blossoms. The linden trees are drooping with blossoms. The smell is so intense. And of course, we're sitting here right now under the linden tree. And the hypericum is just covered in flowers. And I'm just picking red clover blossom after red clover blossom when I get a chance to pick. Mostly they're like little, you know, wet sponges. 
So what have you been harvesting? Oh. We're not connected. Not much. Are you there? Susan? Hang on. Okay, are you there, Susan? I'm here. You seem to have disappeared. Sorry, all of a sudden, there's two of you here in the queue. So I had a line open that wasn't, that was, I've never seen that before, but sorry about that, everyone. I don't know what you heard or didn't hear because I think I was talking to the other number that's open in the queue. <sighs> oh, I, I I heard nothing. It was like you disappeared. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Well, I'm okay. Um, I think you can hear me now. So, so I can hear you. Well. All right. So, what did I harvest this week? I harvested elderflowers. Um, that I just did today. Um, the elders here are just in amazing bloom, more than I've ever seen around here. So um, I was able to get some elder flowers and make some tincture this year. And um, I found some St. Jones wort yesterday on the ride home from the, we went into Chicago. So I may go by the train tracks tomorrow and see if I can harvest some because that's the only place I've seen her growing around here. Um, but other than that, just enjoying the daylilies on salads and the red clover blossoms are amazing. I haven't been harvesting them to dry them, but putting them on salads and eating them while I'm outside. So that's pretty much been my harvest. I've been reading a 15-page article from the National Institute of Health on Psychoestrogens. Wow. It's pretty... um, actually easy to read. You know, you have to know the names of a few compounds and not be scared off by organic chemistry. But other than that, really, it's it's not like arcane or difficult to understand because I want to just, you know, brush up on my knowledge on phytoestrogens. After all, new menopausal years was penned a long time ago now. Mm. So, you know, I want to see if if and where scientific thinking has changed or stayed the same. And the first thing um, that they said is that the um, phytoestrogens in plants are the equivalent of um, a weak estrogen, not a stradiol. Oh. So they were very, very clear about that. I think they said estrone. That was more equivalent to estrone. Yes, I've come across that word too in in looking at at, at things. Yeah, it does Estrone and estrace. Estrone and are types of estrogen that plant compounds convert into when they convert, but they don't convert. Even if they, when they're not estrogen to start with, they have to be converted by your body into estrogen. And when they are converted, they're, con- 
converted into what's a weak estrogen. There are 29 weak estrogens and one strong one. Hmm. Interesting. Where Where is this article? Uh, online. Okay. Yeah, it's National yeah. Institute okay. of Health, Phytoestrogens. Hmm. Okay. And it's, um, you know, it's just kind of a survey paper. We want to look at phytoestrogens because they're so good for your health in this, 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 and this way. And, of course, this is, why am I doing this? Because this is where red clover is getting slammed, right? Oh, big time. Mm-hmm. That somehow red clover is the equivalent of an estrogen that feeds cancer. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I'm, yeah. you know, trying to see if there's any reality base to this at all, because, of course, our subtitle is Let's Talk Sense About Phytoestrogens. So Red Clover mm-hmm. and her sisters. And the bigger picture here is the whole phytoestrogenic scene, eh? Right, right. It's yeah, it's very interesting. I, I, I knew not to underestimate. I know better than that at this point. Thank goodness. Uh, but I was just wondering, really curious, like how much is there really going to be about research and information and people who are really passionate about red clover? I have been, I, I'm really just impressed um, at how much is there and how much I'm already learning because in addition to estrogen. Denmark, I, I, I see it referred to in a study as O-estrogens, and I also see them measuring isoflavones and um, talking about their effect in estrogen production in the body. But um, very interesting and beneficial in a lot of cases, although I'm also coming across like a lot of standard warnings about you know, breastfeeding and pregnancy and anyone with um, estrogen-sensitive cancers and anyone on blood thinners, even on pages that are talking about working with red clover for many things and including with cancers, but then they'll put that disclaimer still on the page. And it's like, what? How? It's so confusing. Somebody sent me the label from a box of dandelion root tea bags that she bought. And it mm. was, I don't know, maybe a thousand words in very small print about all the things that if any of these <sighs> things are happening to you, you shouldn't drink this tea. Oh, my goodness. Right, like basically oh what it came down to was, if you're alive and breathing, don't drink this tea. Wow. Wow. And she said, has, like, what is this? Mm. It, and is, is it just people saying, well, we just want to be, you know, covered in case something happens and we can't get sued? So how much as the consumer do we have to ignore? Now, all along, we've been ignoring the warning on the country, right? Right. Right. It's almost like a shock when somebody says to me, oh, do you know it says on the comfrey bag not to use it? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember that. Mm, yeah, it's so, and 
I'm so grateful that you're doing these, you know, deep look into one plant because it even expands beyond the individual plant to give everyone an opportunity to remember to, you know, back up and look, you know, what's really true here and how can we look at the information and see what is being gleaned from experience and long-term hands-on and what's just being thrown out there as, you know, uh, just like you said, like cautions just out of a false need to protect um, from something, I guess, from being sued or it's just frustrating because generations from now I can see like my nieces and nephews or people's grandkids just being so familiar with food from a box or food from, a lab or food that's not wild because they've been just scared away from it and they don't have the opportunity to experience it in their everyday lives. And I don't even like to think about that, but I've been around young kids lately and I see that, that there is, um, this, some of them anyways kind of are being taught to be afraid of nature and be afraid of things outside rather than le- like learning that they can build their and their awareness outside. Um, so I think it's really important that we're sharing as much information um, and wisdom and actual use um, information with people. Yes, and I remember when I was released from the hospital three years ago, and they said you absolutely have to inject yourself with this, or you're going to get blood clots and you're going to die. Mm. And, you know, I didn't especially want to do it, but I'm doing it, and I'm reading the package insert because, hey, they really don't want to have to deal with insurance problems. And so the package inserts go on and on and on and on and on. It's not just a 1,000 words. It's like 10,000 words, right? But... In this package insert, in a big black box, it says, if you're over 65 and you use this drug, when you stop using it, your risk of a stroke and a blood clot goes way high. And I said, well, gee golly, I'm over 65. I don't want to use this. And so I called my doctors, and I said, I don't want to use this. I'm going to stop taking this. I'm going to stop injecting myself with this. This is not good. And every single one of them said, well, don't pay any attention to that package insert. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Now, that's crazy. And, of, of course, the reason I bring this up is because somehow people are led to believe that drugs are safer than herbs. Right. Right. And the more... Like, we know that this is completely unfactual, that, in fact, right. the, correct, er, the correct drug, correctly prescribed and correctly used, nonetheless, kills people. Yeah. Yeah. And they certainly don't build health, um, which is just something that I think is so important to be aware of if you choose a pharmaceutical option, especially as 
a long-term therapy. It's one thing if you need it to get through a point or to get stabilized in, in a certain thing or but I think, you know, as a long-term therapy for, like, diabetes and cholesterol, there's so many lifestyle options and wild food options and herb, herbal options, wild or not. Yeah. Yeah. Harvard Medical School says, do bone-building drugs really prevent hip fracture? Mm. And international, <clears throat> excuse me, team of researchers has poured over scores of study of bone density, osteoporosis, and hip fracture, and concluded that the number of hip fractures that have been prevented by bone-building drugs called bisphosphonates since 1995 does not justify either the expense or the side effects. Mm. Mm. That, that drug therapy doesn't prevent hip fracture in women over 75. They found that wow. half of the people who fracture a hip don't have osteoporosis. <laughs> they found that exercise training can prevent 60% of hip fractures. Mm. The researchers suggested that older women should consider stopping smoking, increasing exercise, and following a healthy diet before taking drugs. Thank you, international team of researchers, and especially because they found that the drugs weren't very good at preventing vertebral fractures. Mm-hmm. So it says if you're taking Fosamax, Reclast, Evista, or Prolia, you should review this with your doctor. And even if you keep taking the drug, exercising more, Eating better is a good idea, and of course, the easy way to eat better is just start drinking a quart of nourishing herbal infusion a day. Mm-hmm. And have you been coming across all the information and research about red clover and strong bones? Isn't it beautiful? Amazing. Amazing. Like, I, I really did not know that. Um, I just always was thinking more about the nettle and the comfrey and, I don't know, the oat straw. But I just really wasn't thinking about red clover in that way. But it makes, oh, it just, I, I like, I've been, uh, so interesting, so interesting. And I found another study. Um, I would love to be able to get one of these ladies to join us, but. They're taking it so far as they're working with women who have breast cancer and are on tamoxifen, and they are asking if lifestyle changes, um, including um, consuming red clover, would have an effect on anything while they're taking tamoxifen. Wow. Yeah, they're in Italy. I thought, wow, how interesting that they're doing that. So. 
red clover is an herb that it has and continues to be very strongly researched, especially for its effects on menopause. Mm. Yes. So we're going to have an amazing cast of characters. The thing that, that took me, I guess, the most by surprise was the number of places who advise you to pull up all the red clover you see anywhere because it's invasive. Mm. Wow. I haven't come across that as much. I've come across some literature about how a lot of the most medicinal qualities have been bred out of it um, in the attempts to make it so available for livestock. And at least this one gentleman in particular who's um, red clover is in Denmark, and it's been researched. It's been used for studies over there, and um, they were measuring certain components of it. So I, I... it's interesting just because when I look to purchase red clover seed, um, that's usually where it takes me is to the agriculture end of things. And I've never really felt right about purchasing it that way. Um, so I thought that was a little interesting. Yes, it is. I wonder if there are specific uh, strains that have been developed sounds like that's what you're saying that's what he was suggesting so i'm hoping to get in touch with him it seems like he has a lot going on with red clover so um there's some like you said could be what will be an amazing cast of characters it's just a matter of which one and and how many (laughs) yeah very exciting (laughs) well i so appreciate all of you're reaching out to people, and you don't have to wait for us to invite you. If you want to do a Red Clover short or if you want to do a Red Clover presentation, those links are ready, and you can apply to be a presenter. Uh, you don't have to apply for the short. You just send us the short. Um, so we are on a roll heading toward the Red Clover Conference, and Durga and I are working on the Red Clover Goddess. I, as usual, am being a bear about botanical accuracy. Well, he had Pat. this very beautiful design element where the red clover flowers were coming out of the leaves on these long stalks. Oh, uh, but they don't. Right. And Justine took a gorgeous picture. She got a new phone, and the new phone has, oh, my gosh, it has so many camera lenses on there. It's kind of crazy. And one of them is a real close-up lens, and so she got a picture of an individual clover flower. Wow. Not the whole head, which is hundreds of flowers, but an individual flower. It's stunning. 
Oh, that is amazing. That must be an amazing camera. Wow. Jeff. It is. I'm going to see if Durga can work that in to the design. Mm. Mm. It, it deserves to be seen by us all somehow, but we'll see what happens. Wow. Yeah, it's very exciting. Very exciting. So, Let's see. Um, the word that I got was that our guest tonight had something come up in her life and cannot be with us. And that's one of the reasons that Sarah and Ellen and I are just kind of talking right now because we're doing the show a bit in reverse. We're <laughs> talking now, and then we're just going to answer the questions right through until 9.30 tonight. Is that what you heard, Sarah Ellen? That's uh, what I heard, yes. Okay. So this is our plan of action. So I hope you have lots of questions tonight. Justine said uh, that there were questions that we weren't able to answer last week. So I guess it should be easy enough to have lots this week. Oh, okay. I didn't get any email questions from Justine, but I know there Uh, were. Well, maybe they weren't emails. Maybe they were just people who had their hands raised. There were a couple that had their hands raised after our guest didn't show up and once he started talking um, yeah, yeah, about yeah. psychedelics. So maybe they will have their questions and, and appear tonight. Did he ever yes. get in touch with us? Or didn't show up guest? No, I don't know what happened there. Um, I texted him and emailed him and asked him to please, you know, call in. Like, now is your time. And uh, I, it was not a peep. Oh, my I don't goodness. What... Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder what Miss uh, Manners would say about that. Right. I I do wonder. Oh, well. <laughs> it was oh, so well. fun with you talk about, um, you know, chant, doing your best to tune in to what Michael might have said, but share what Susan is saying, and that was really fun to listen to, so. Absolutely. <laughs> oh. oh, let's see what else. We've been, we've been harvesting mullen, and there's a grub in, gosh, in some of the stands of mullen we're going to, there's a grub in, like, I would say maybe 60 or 75% of it. She's just starting oh, from the top, and it, yeah, it, the grub, like the eggs, must be laid into the flowering stalk because it never oh. actually flowers. It's just the grubs just start eating their way down through the stalk, and they leave. They don't eat the hair, so they leave behind. It looks like something has made a big nest in the mullen because they leave all the hair behind. And have you ever noticed that when the mullen gets injured, it has like a, a, a blackish sap? Mm, I have not. I only have my first mullen now, so I have Right, and because that. they've injured it, it's black, so it's like fluffy black stuff that they leave behind. But because they start at the top, we can still harvest the large leaves. Mm. And so that's one thing that I've been doing, although you know that the reason I started harvesting mullen by the whole stalk was because I got really fractious about it. Having to handle so many individual leaves. 
<laughs> I did the same thing with comfy. I harvest the whole comfy stalk and just hang it upside down to dry. Just so much easier. So much Not easier. Not like I pick the nettle leaves individually and dry them. I dried them of the stalk too. Stalk mm-hmm. is good. I- but we, but where we can, you know, we're we're leaving like extra mullein flower and seed. So I'm not harvesting even as many flowering plants as I ordinarily would from the groups. Mm, I see. Because I want to just really ensure that there's plenty, given how many of them aren't going to be able to flower or make seeds. Mm. That sounds wise. So, melon, we're eating raspberries. Uh, The elder is still in blossom. It's hard to believe, but here and there, I'm still seeing elder blossoms kind of on the shady side of the moment. I never before have seen it in full bloom for three weeks. That's amazing. I I tell my husband today. Twice as long as the usual bloom period. Yeah, oh, it's so interesting that's happening there, too. And then you yep. talked about it being fever remedies, so I'm like, okay, I have to put up some of this because I remember when bone set appeared, and I was so grateful the following year in 2020 that I had bone set. And I had never seen it before, but it was, like, that year just so pronounced. And um, so that's how the elder flowers are here, and there, too, it sounds like amazing. Yeah. And, um, oh, daylilies. It's a great year for the daylilies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes hard for visitors I... to believe that those are wildflowers. <gasps> yes, I see them being sold now, too, like at the, the you know, big box. Well, there are also cultivated flowers. And I mean, there's hundreds of cultivars of daylilies, every color. Mm-hmm. In the in the book, and a bunch a bunch you haven't thought of, <laughs> but I mean the, the the orange ones. Right, that's what. Yeah, but I've even started to see the orange ones at the stores. I mean, <laughs> just that's a good way them. to make a buck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're very prolific. You know, you can really dig them up and thin them every third or fourth year. Hmm. Yeah, I love the daylilies. They're so, oh, they're just so happy. Yeah. Um, and if yeah, I'm doing the, uh, the Greenwich holiday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we'll be going up to Herb Hill with Gretchen on Saturday, our annual uh, pilgrimage. Nice. Such a marvelous place. Oh, it's just, I was only there that once, but never to be forgotten. So amazing there. Gretchen is such a fabulous hostess. He said, oh, I'm a fake herbalist. I'm not running a business anymore. I said, good. We're just going to, like, set aside all your decades of experience, right? Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> uh, it is such a gift to be able to sit and to receive the stories from the elders. Mm-hmm. And I reminded her that in the ages of woman, from 86 to 106, you kick back and let the apprentices do it. 
That's right. Blessed be. Blessed be. Mm -hmm. So, do we have any questions already on the board? We do. We've got two hands that have already gone up, and I'll remind everyone listening that if you have a question and would like to speak live with Susan this evening, press 1. We'll see your hand go up in the queue, and your line um, will be opened when it's your turn. Our first call is dialed in from the 845 area code. So from the 845, you are live with Susan. Hello, ladies. Hi. What's up tonight? And happy 4th of July. Oh, lucky me. I feel so independent today. It's, <laughs> oh, it's marvelous to sit in gratitude. It really is. Uh, thank you, Sarah Ellen. And hi, Susan. Um, I love all your talk tonight. Sometimes... I want to ask you an hour's worth of questions, but you just sit there and meticulously address one after another, after another, after another. And I'm like, oh, great. I don't have to ask. (laughs) Um, One thing I would like to ask is if I can get walking again by next summer to go up to Gretchen's, um, what what is the difficulty of of this um, gathering? I, I I take it she's an elder, and her apprentices that are seventy eight are showing up to help her <laughs> or sit with her. So maybe I might be able to in, include myself if I joined for. Um, I don't know if it's a Green Witch weekend or or what it is. It's our Green Witch holiday. Yes, that. And you certainly would be able to do that. Oh, wonderful. And in general, the Green Witch holiday includes time outside with the goats. And that's usually because... I'm wearing as many hats as a coat rack. Right? <laughs> the Wait, I don't understand. The because you're wearing maker, hats, you're outside the with the goat. The herder, the cook, the, the teacher. So oh, those if hats. I'm going to wear all those hats, it's best for me to do them at once. Now, this oh, particular funny. herd of goats that I have right now does not... Need long walks. They are, in fact, uh, goats where you can easily take a very short walk with them, like three minutes, and then sit down for an hour. That's my goal. That is my goal. By next year this time, if I could do that, I would feel like the most blessed person in the world. These goats would be and I happy, know, to I know I can get there. happy to support you in that. And to go to Gretchen's, we Thank get you. in the car, and we yeah. take ourselves up to Gretchen's. And from the car to the picnic table is about, oh, maybe a 30-second walk. Okay. And you can stay at the picnic table uh, 
Thought we want. We have a wonderful feast there. It's one of the first things we do is like, hi, we're here. Let's eat. Yeah, <laughs> good. We eat and we talk. And then um, Gretchen, you know, usually says, just go and get whatever you want. And I take them out. And it's just acre upon acre. And you can just wander around. So you can sit at the picnic table and talk to Gretchen because she's not going to go out. Or you can wander out. There's wild time. I'll tell you truthfully, I crawl into where the wild time is and just lay there. I, and I was just going to say, I, 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 I have utilized my crawling um, to the utmost, and I'm not embarrassed to do it whenever I need to. And this is how I'm making myself better. Actually, I can't crawl on my knees, but I crawl on all fours. You know, palm, palm, foot, foot. Got I it. I guess that's not really a call. Ah, I don't know great. what you call it. Like like a do- downward dog walking. Yeah, whatever you call that, I do it. Good on you. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm getting around a lot easier, and I have found myself on two or three occasions in just the last week getting up and walking five steps without even thinking about it. Until I realize, oh, no. But I never try to go too far. It's just that, like, I'm there. And sometimes, the last time, I sat there for, like, an hour. And then I, and then they said, okay, let's go. And I looked at the car, and I was like, wait, where's my crutches? I was like, oh, my. I walked here. I have to walk <laughs> back. <laughs> oh, that's magnificent. That's so great. It is. It is. So um, I I successfully harvested a couple of plants I wanted to um, with the help of a friend. Uh, one of them I was able to do myself, and the other one was a a rocky beach. So I had to sit in the car and let them go get it and bring it back. And I had my bottle of vodka waiting right there <laughs> and my oil. I was like, it has to be done right now. So, um, but I was thinking about the mullen. The mullen is my most favorite plant this year. It has served me well. And um, I have some sitting here with the whole stalk, which I've never done before. I've only, you know, just taken the leaves or the flowers. I've never tried the root. I, I'm definitely doing the root. I need more uh, because I'm absolutely certain it's going to be a powerhouse uh, for bone inflammation and pain. And I was reading, I believe it was the mullen root that takes down the bursa around the bone, which I have a problem with the swelling. I have all these, like, fluid sacs around the bones, all through my foot and my ankle, uh, particularly particularly the top of um, the front of the ankle. I know there's a name for that, the tibia. So, anyway, um, I'm very excited about this plant. I've always adored it. Um, I've had trouble with the leaves molding in the past during the drying session. And I'm not what, 
I'm not one much for um, fancy gadgets like fans and stuff like that, you know. But um, I, it's probably a worthwhile investment, huh, in the hot, humid well, days? Well, as I said, my preference is to harvest the whole stalk and to hang the entire I did. dry. Yeah. With do you use a fan? And I do not find that they mold up. But I am also as careful as I can be to pick plants that aren't wet. Oh, yeah, no, these were dry. You get it wet, it's going to be difficult to deal with mold. The leaves... We went out in the latter part Saturday, which was about... Air drying on a big leaves basket. Well, that's a lot of leaf for a little basket. Or you just keep plucking it up. basket. The basket is about three feet across. Three feet? Yes, and I have it. Wow. I have two of them, and they're hung from the ceiling. And one of them I'm using to dry red clover, and the other one I'm using to dry mullein leaves. And I arrange the mullein leaves with the stalk in toward the center so that they make a mandala. Oh, so they, they kind of hang out, yeah. Over the, they're big leaves, right? So they droop over the yeah. edge of the drying basket. Yeah, I'm using boxes. Like, I have them drooped over the boxes, and I turn them, like, twice a day and flip the leaves like that. Yeah. Right. The difficulty there is that they're on a surface. If you have, like, a cooling rack, like a cookie cooling rack, if you could put the yeah, them in the box, that would be good. Yeah. I'm a little Just crowded with to space. increase air circulation. Yeah, I'm going for vertical space. Like, these boxes are stacked up, like, Four and a half feet tall, like <laughs> yeah. Many cooling racks. Yeah. Well, something to think about for the future. And another thing I was reading was, um, it said uh, seven to ten days, which I thought was a little short. But what? How many days do you do? Well, depends right on humidity, we're right? In, um, what I call what comes down must go up. What do you mean? When it rains in the Catskills, it's then humid. Yeah. Not just a little humid. If the humidity is 100% when it's raining, then the next day it's 98% when it's unraining. What comes down must go up. Right. Well, we're lucky. So all of only that like rain is going back up. In the yeah. form of moisture. So if they're saying 7 to 10 days, I would say, yeah, 7 to 10 bright, sunny, hot days. So right. none of these days count. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed Not the humidity. Not just 7 to 10 any days. Yeah. It's always fun talking to Astrid Grove in Colorado because... The humidity there runs like 10%. I know. I used to the be out there. Like, it's virtually dry before they get home with them. Oh, yeah. When you're, and, and same thing in Nevada. When you're up in that kind of elevation, huh, there's no humidity. There's no humidity, right. None. Zero. You don't even feel the heat. Right. So, so seven to ten days, perfect. Mm-hmm. 
But here, it's got to be seven to ten days like that. It's funny when you read stuff like how nothing like that is considered. These are the important questions, too. Well, the humidity has been, I think, kind of favorable, generally average in the 60s, which is still considered tropical, though, but, you know, last year it was like 90. Huh? It certainly makes my hair curly. Oh, your hair is so pretty. That's what I I always complain when I visit my friend in the desert. I say, you're... Your lack of humidity uncurls my hair. Uncurls it. Yes. <laughs> I was noticing your hyper air shaft absorbing the moisture, right? And because right. it absorbs more moisture than it is big, it has to curl. Right. Right. So when it dries more out, it's just like it's just flat. Flat is that right? Your hair really well, I'm looks so glad the- that you are harvesting mullen and that you are finding it a wonderful ally and exploring it more. The root, of course, needs to come from the first-year plant, not the one with the stalk. Right. It gets very, very shriveled up and woody the second year. The second year, it's like not much root at all, yeah. No, not much at all. Just a straggly little thing. I was also reading that it um, helps to, uh, let me think of the right word, um, replace a mm, less desirable biofilm in the gut with a more desirable biofilm. Oh, nice. And I I did notice when um, I did an experiment and drank it for a month straight, and I was like, I feel really good in the gut. And it really helps to, it's got like a little bit of a calming effect. I wouldn't say sedative, although I've read that. I don't consider that true. That's the stalk and the root. The stalk and the root have more the stalk of a and the root. The effect? root of, of, at the end of the first year, and then oh. what's in the root as it goes up the stalk. Right. Well, there's and not really a stalk the first year. a noted sedative effect, and it's especially sedative on the cough reflex. Oh, I love it for the, for the lungs. It's my number one go-to. And I've had others, and I can't. I, I, I said nothing will ever replace echinacea, for instance. And like, oh no, Mullen's doing it. <laughs> Yay, Mullen! I think it also, if it can do that to the biofilm in the gut and cross that barrier, I also feel very clear-headed when I drink it. I feel like my my thinking is easy and clear, like very insightful, um, light, but not airy, just just where I would want it to be. So I don't know if that's true or not. It's just a thought. So the picture well, it, of the... I, I think uh, 
I think that it is true. Mullen has a, a lot of interesting lore to it, and especially when you have a plant that has such a pronounced movement upward, exploding into yellow flowers. Yeah. Then, like a torch. Then you see, you just see that torch, and you see that clear thought, and you see that sun in your head. It's such a happy plant. I think it has converted even the most die-hard wheat killers. Like, oh, this is actually a, a nice thing to have around. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next year you can do mullen for your herbal uh, symposium. Well, it's, perhaps. Um, at I mean, this, I'm at sure you point, have. I'm of course trying to champion the herbs that are somehow being that we're being told are particularly unsafe. Well, that's true, and, and I do appreciate that. And so I'm kind of thinking, you know, at some point we have to get into, like, how come it's hard for me to buy kava? What is what is going on there? And what's with ephedra? And, you know, there's some others that I don't necessarily think would warrant a whole conference, but maybe we'll have a conference on your favorite maligned herb and why it shouldn't be maligned. Well, if you did something like kava... Like you said, this year you could always do a plant that had some kind of similar benefit, like pain relief or whatever. Yeah, well, red clover in your sisters keeps it in the clover family. And there's really nothing well, red, much like kava. Kava is so unique. Red clover was one of my major herbs. I was unfortunately buying uh tablets and taking them and um, also the same with alfalfa and I was diagnosed uh, loosely with an estrogen related cancer I definitely had growths in my breasts and my ovaries my breasts went from a 32B to like a 38 double D like god boom Look at my rockets, you know. And everybody was sick, and it turns out it was from the pesticides from the farms we were living next to. And, of course, we know that bad stuff has been banned around here. Good good, good to know. But I bought into it hook, line, and sinker, and I said, but, 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 Susan Weed, her book right here says clover is good for breast cancers and breast problems and estrogen-related cancers, which they were saying that's what the pesticides did. And I was so young and gullible and desperate and busy, uh, I just, I crumbled. And I, and I stopped, and I stopped taking them. Now that, now that I know you, I'm glad I'm not taking tablets anymore. Now I know make the infusion and I heard what you said about the alfalfa uh, with the seeds with the rhododine or whatever it was that was yeah some 
yeah. bee poison. But we grew our, our own alfalfa because we had horses, so uh, uh, all I, right, I nice. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think our alfalfa was bad, but um, it was very late in the game when I started learning, and it's from one of the sisters from the Wolf Clan that I could actually just go to the field and cut the plant and make my own. And it's because oh. she knew you that that I learned about you. And, in fact, I I met you through her, and she brought me to your house one day, your old house, the one that burnt down. And, uh, I've never had a house that, that burnt down. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I thought you said it burnt down, the house you lived in before you lived before you moved where you are now, the one that was no. up, uh... No? Huh? No? 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 An apprentice burned my barn down. Oh. Well, I'm sorry. I apologize. I... I... That's the I'm only quite... fire that we've had here. It's the I'm only fire we will have that, here. Right. But I'm I'm quite certain that it was in the early 90s that you lived at another house? I've lived here since 1978. Really? Oh, my. Oh, my. Well, I know where you live now. It's just... I guess when you're in your 20s, going somewhere doesn't seem quite as strange as it is, like, once you start to get older and question every hill and turn and mountain, you know, like, ooh, can I do this? From California to New York City in 1965, and my daughter in 1966 started spending weekends upstate near Woodstock in 1967. And I bought a property um, in the Catskill Mountains in uh, 1969, 1970, and um, and have been living here. Bought this property in 1978, and I've been living here since 1978. Wow. I am happy that you corrected my uh, historic memory. Yeah. Yeah, so I've been pretty much, actually the place that we rented and came up on weekends from the city is half a mile away from where I live right now, interestingly enough. Maybe that's the place I went to, but I didn't get to see you till like at least 1990. Or 1991. I'm sure the place that you came to is uh, the quarry. Where you are. The quarry, where I am, right? The quarry, the big huh. quarry. Wow. Well, I never thought I would end up living living near you. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm very built, excited about uh, your I built a house conference. of my own on uh, a land that I didn't own, land that somebody said, oh, of course you can build a house here, and then uh, two years later decided that she hated me and threw me off the land. And it was from there that I started looking. That was in the 70s, and it was from there that I started looking with land partners for the land that we eventually wound up buying in 1978. Well, I'm happy for you. Um, 
I think people should try to stay where they are longer. It really makes a difference. I've been where I am now 26 years, and it's just beginning to feel like home, like where I don't have any doubts about anything. Like uh, how wonderful. A- anything. Yeah, I know. I know who's here, who's not. And, and I mean, I had a raccoon in the house yesterday to come oh, say hello. No. Yeah, I said, oh no, too, because I was like, you're getting a little bit, uh, you know, aggressive here with your behavior. <laughs> like, yeah, they they carry rabies, so. Uh, yeah, that too. They got funny eyes. They don't look like they really, like, look at you. They look like they're looking, like, they make me feel like I'm a ghost. <laughs> funny. It's like the walking dead kind of a look when they look at you. I mean, not little baby ones. This was, you know, a full-grown giant one. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah, well, because he figured out that the cat has food, and the cat comes in the house and eats food. And I left the door open for a second because the cat wasn't quite finished, and I knew he wanted to go outside. So I said, "Ah, I'll leave the door open for a few minutes. And then, you know, that happened. But I always say, well... That's why many of us do not have cat doors in the country, because they become raccoon doors. Yes. I better I better see what uh, my, uh, Grandmother Twyla has to say about this because it also ate all my important flowers, and I was not very happy about garden? that. Yes. Woodchuck. I'm 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 growing everything like as close well, I, as I can. I, I do. I think the raccoon is blameless in eating the flowers. I'm going to pin it on the woodchucks. I knew you would say that, and I'm like, I've never seen a woodchuck. Do they make any noise? I mean, I no. never see it. No. They don't. They're silent. They're and when do they come out at night? balls of guts. Really? More than a raccoon? Yeah, I'm like, it couldn't have been the raccoon. There were so many better things to eat on the porch, and he doesn't bother anything on the porch. And this was in the ground next to the porch. So I'm yeah, like, no. oh. No. Uh, I thought it could have been if all it was, if it was that ran in Plants above ground plants, it was probably a woodchuck or a deer. But, yeah, they love to get my echinacea. Yep. That's their number one thing. And they must say that's good medicine, too. Well, I better get off so other people can talk. But I do love you so much, and thank you for keeping me in your prayers. And I always know when things are going right that you thought of me well. Thank you, Susan. Green blessings. Much love. Good night. Good night. All right. And I will remind everyone listening, if you have a question and would like to speak live with Susan this evening, please press 1, and we'll see your hand go up in the queue. At this time, we have two callers that have their hand raised, and we will go to the next one who's dialed in from the 603 area code. From the 603, you are live with Susan. Hi, Susan. I'm so happy to talk to you. I'm picking Lyndon, or I should say attempting to pick Lyndon, 
the frequent rain showers have made it difficult. Um, I haven't been able to pick it the last couple of years because the weather just wasn't cooperating. Um, I'm attempting to do it this year. Um, so I have questions concerning that. Can it be picked when it's still a little wet or damp? Or is it better to try to wait for a sunny day, although then I'm risking uh, uh, just more more rain? So um, then I'm trying to decide, well, do I pick it when it's a little damp and then just, you know, put it directly to the dehydrator? Um, I'm also having trouble deciding... Um, when it's best because it's so iffy. Um, like yesterday when I went out, it was uh, finally no rain, and um, the blo- some blossoms were there, but there was still a lot of buds. So I tried to pick the ones that were mostly in bloom that had the least amount of buds that have not opened yet. But then, of course, it poured today, so then I couldn't pick uh, any at all. But then the sun later is coming out tomorrow, so hopefully they won't be too far gone. So, um, is it worthwhile? If they're still in bud, you have another week at least. If there's still still that many buds, you have another week at least. And bloom times are being very extensive this year, as we were talking about with the elder. Usually you get about 10 or oh. 12 to get the elder, and the elder has been constantly in bloom for at least 22 days now. I did notice that about the elder because that's in my backyard. But it looks to me like the linden is doing the same thing. Okay. So Okay. I went out to one of the lindens that I like to harvest. We harvest it from a boat. It hangs out over the uh, creek where our boat is harbored, and we just go down, and we can just motor under the tree and pick uh, from where it hangs out over the water. And it was in, like, full bud, but only one or two of the flowers were open. We came back a week later, and all of the flowers were open. And that was kind of slow. I was a little worried that we were going to be late. But again, it's because, I think it's because of the rain, because it's cool. Not just that it's wet, it's cool. And so the, the plants are not um, bursting into bloom the way they would if it was a really hot June or July. Now, this mm-hmm. time of year, it could be, well, I'm not in Texas. Thank goodness. <laughs> Where it is, those scorching temperatures, but here it's been very cool summer. So um, I, I, I hear what you're saying. For me, it's difficult because I have to reach up to these to these trees. Um, you know, my neck gets sore. But um, now the the one near my, the ones closer to my home uh, were the ones I attempted to pick yesterday. And um, and but then today I managed uh, to. Uh, get go in between we actually had a, a little bit of a dry spell and and there's another place about a couple miles away and i am so was so surprised because those are almost totally 
gone, although they still had an aroma, like there were no no buds, no no unopened buds yet, still. But it be, but it still had an aroma, so I still thought, well, I wonder what if Susan would say these what are still viable. What do you mean that it's still, totally huh? gone? Are, were there seeds yeah. rather than flowers? Well, what I mean was the. the there were only a few that had some white flowers left, but there was still an aroma. So I thought, well, maybe I'll pick them anyway. You know, I, I wonder if they, as long as they're still an aroma, as long as they still have an aroma, are they yes, still they good still have to an use? Aroma, and a lot of the medicine is in that green strap. So long as that green strappy thing is a good color. Yeah, well, that's another thing that seems to be happening in in both these locations is I call it the tongue. I know it has a correct botanical name, which I forget. You, you mentioned it years ago. But um, it seems that these trees are, the tongue gets damaged, and the leaves on the trees have, looks like they have some kind of bumps or disease or something. But the blossoms themselves seem okay, but the tongue part seems, you know, it's uh, like a little bit damaged as well. Well, I don't mind sharing is damage is okay with me. Uh-huh. Okay. Because the polyphenols um, are in that part that you're calling the tongue, the semer. Oh, okay. So even though they don't look so good, like they're, they're damaged or a little bit it's black or brown? Very important medicinal yeah. constituents. In that uh, what I call the tongue, and, and that part is is are the most polyphenols. Most polyphenols. Now, yes. okay. So, um, when is it still okay? In what stage to still pick them to get nutri- uh, the nutrition from the blossoms? They're not, they're not that nutritious. Linden is in our five herb rotation because it's an anti-inflammatory. That's and it's what a I want. The polyphenols for. that make it an anti-inflammatory. The other herbs, some oh. free oat straw, red clover, and nettle are very rich in protein. They are literally nourishing. They're very rich in minerals. Linden has some minerals, but it's not a dense part of the plant. It's a part of the plant that's there and gone, so the plant doesn't invest that many minerals in it. Like all growing plant parts, there are vitamins. Of course, there's going to be vitamins that we will get for that, especially some fun B vitamins. But the primary reason that we are drinking a quart of linden every fifth day is to help reduce and to quell in inflammation throughout the body. Okay, and you say the most polyphenols are in the tongue. So what, um, so if there are any... You want to be sure to pick any... that along with the flowers. You pick the whole thing, right? I find it, yeah. I mean, usually just pull up on the, where the tongue attaches. And the trees we've been harvesting from are so heavenly laden that we're just like... You know, we could grab like three to five of them at once. I've really never wow. seen the linden blossoming so profusely. I mean, I'm laying here looking up, and it seems to me like I'm looking up at a million linden blossoms. Wow. How fortunate. Right. 
against the sky as it darkens. So beautiful, and the smell is so great. And, of course, my neighbors are shooting off the fireworks. I'm sure you can hear that. I hear them. It's the sky. Yes, I hear them. I'm going to add to it. I was just reading an article that people are turning to laser lights and doing laser lights in the sky instead of fireworks. And I thought, yes, I hope this catches on. This is much quieter. Uh-huh. I don't mind uh-huh. seeing no, the lights in the sky, but I much like the noise. Mm-hmm. So, no, to, uh, oh, I, to answer my question about when they're damp, really, really still How much leeway do we have when it's raining, raining, raining? Do we get to harvest anything at all? No. How do we do this, especially for plants that we want to dry? And yeah. you're going to do some things that are going to wind up with moldy herb or herb that you can't use, and that's okay, and you won't do it again. Again, my general rule is that I, for an herb that I'm going to dry, I want it not to have rained for 36 hours. I'm harvesting linden blossoms if I get a sunny morning. If it doesn't rain all night and then it's sunny in the morning, then I will harvest linden because they are not wet, especially because it hangs upside down and it's somewhat protected by the tree. I wouldn't be able to go out and harvest elderflowers, for instance, right? They bloom up, and they're very exposed. I'd really have to wait the right. whole day and a half. But the elder, because there mm-hmm. are natural yeasts and other things on the elder, that get washed away by the rain. But that's not happening with the linden. Even in the rain, we can still smell the linden because of the way it acts like an umbrella for itself, Right. Like it has this little tongue, which is like a little shelter for it, and then the flowers all open downward. So the nectar and the sweetness and the aroma is preserved. The other thing that I use as a guide uh, when I'm harvesting flowers is follow the bees. Right. Right. If the bees say it's too wet to harvest, they're probably right. Mhm. Okay. 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 So I'm gonna do my best. plants so that if you pick some and it winds up molding, that you've done some horrible harm. We're talking about a common plant, the flowers of the plant, so it's not really hurting the plant at all. And if you pick some that winds up being too wet, it molds up. You'll go, okay. I pushed it on there. That that one can't do that. Right. Right. Okay. Right, but we we do, you know, we all get a little desperate, especially when it rains the way it's been raining, which is, look, yeah. it's sunny, get your basket, and by the time you get your basket and your scissors, it's raining. Again, and again, yeah, and again. I know. Yeah. It's like, wait, no, you can't do this. <laughs> right, right. Well, I have missed it so many times this season, like, uh, um, because like I was gone like on the day when it uh, when it was like fully in bloom, and then by the time I got back, there were mostly just seed pods left. So I said, well, I don't think that has any value. Um, but but maybe actually maybe. were used, I think, during World War One as a chocolate substitute. As a chocolate substitute? Yes, they were collected and ground up and used as a chocolate substitute. They're quite edible. 
They have this, oh, wow. They have those nasty little, like, uh, they're rounds. You think, oh, how nice, but then they have that little pokey thing on the end of it that really hurts your bare feet. I don't know what you mean. The round part of the the, what, the linden, of the linden is uh-huh. round. Yes. It has a sharp little piece that sticks out from the end of it. Oh, really? I never noticed that. Perhaps you I stayed away from them. <laughs> I, I, I stayed away from you them. You want to on them? You will notice it's quite pretty. Wow! Yeah, we never <laughs> seem to walk barefoot on them. Ow! 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 ow. <laughs> so, is it still? I think I heard you say that it's still worthwhile to pick the linden blossoms as long as the tongue part is not dried up. Is, so long is that the tongue what, part what I is green. And it's a bright oh, green. It's like a good. yellowish green. Right. But okay. so long as it's and vibrant, then, then it's still going to make good medicine. It's still going to make good anti-inflammatory good medicine. medicine. Okay. Well, thank you so much for those Well, thank those you for your questions. Excellent Have a good night. Thank you. Green blessings. Good night.
I have like a big, big basket, practically big enough to have a basket that I keep bags of uh, dried culinary herbs. And the, I, oh. the only way that I could do it that way is that I have an inventory list. Otherwise, I'd have to take you know, everything out every time. And for that, oh, yes, I actually have right. the inventory list with the names of the herbs pretty much where they are and try to put them back in that big basket in that, you know, close to if it's at the bottom or the middle or the top. Okay. Because the truth of the matter is that I have herbs in every room of every building. <laughs> Wonderful. So, you know, some are more organized than others. Okay. And I also tend to organize by menstruum. So I tend to put the vinegars with the vinegars and the tinctures with the tinctures and the oh, oxymels yeah. and the oxymels and the honeys with the honeys. Nice. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah. Right. Well, wonderful. Um, uh are you getting food from your CSA now? Is it coming in? Oh, the absolutely, CSA yeah. Not? Yeah, for more uh-huh. than a month. Yeah, we're getting lots of food from the CSA. Bok choy oh, and squash. Oh. And, yeah. oh, lucky you. Oh, garlic, oh, super good. pig tails, all oh, kinds of yeah. goodies. Oh, wonderful. Um yeah, with Blog Talk Radio, when is it available? Like, is it available? Can I go here at the beginning at nine thirty when we're done, or do I have to wait till tomorrow? You know the answer to that, Sarah Ellen. Uh, I don't think it's available right away. It may be after midnight, but um, it, it, it takes a few hours. Okay. That's what I thought, Hi, too. Ellen. Hi, dear. Yes. Okay. Um, yes. Do you have any um, suggestions for um, that the humidity seems to drain me? And uh, do you have any suggestions for keeping yourself perked up during humidity? Yes. A window okay. air conditioning unit set on dry. Oh. It uses a lot less energy than turning on the AC, and it feels a lot, right. lot cooler. Oh, good. Yeah, wonderful. And if you don't want to do that, then the next best thing is a big box fan. Yes. Okay. Yes. A fan, a bigger fan on the floor will do more than a smaller fan up high. Okay. And but then you would keep the door closed so the humidity doesn't come in or leave the door open and blow the fan. Feel it out. Fly it out both okay. ways. Open various windows, various doors okay. until you right. have Something that feels like it's really moving the humidity away from you. Okay. Yeah. Different houses and different structures have different airflow patterns. Yeah. And it's a lot of yes. fun. 
and going around opening and shutting windows and doors and figuring out how the air is moving. Okay. Um, um, and any, um, I don't know if you've already said this on one of the uh, broadcasts, but the smoke, for, for dealing with the smoke, did you say any suggestions? Mullen, mullen was- milk. My favorite way. And then let's see. I don't know if she posted it already, but Justine said, People's eyes are being bothered. Tell us something about your eye that can help your eyes. So we made a little three minute video about herbs to help your eyes when there's smoke in the skies. As I said, I'm not sure if she's posted. She's working on, we have completed the uh, long COVID course, and she's working on getting it up, and there's several glitches. But that should be, oh. hopefully, by the end of this month, we could have a long COVID course up. It's certainly one of our goals. Wonderful, wonderful. And that will be on SusanWeed.com? Or Wise Woman School? There will be a link there, but it will be at WiseWomanSchool.com. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you for doing all those wonderful things. And Justine, um, so I wanted to ask you um, if, what, how are you growing on the, on the deck? How are the things coming along, the plants on the deck, your deck? Well, I have two decks now. I have the deck. Here at the main house, where the teaching center, and then yeah. I have the deck at Pearl's house, and both are quite beautiful this year. We've been unwatering, 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 unwatering. We have not had to water; we've just had to unwater. And um, I really enjoy container gardening because I have. Far less uh, woodchucks, far less deer, far far fewer problems of all kinds in gardening in containers. So uh, it's something that gives me enormous amount of joy. Lay out here looking up into the darkening linden tree, but we can still see the white blossoms glimmering almost as though they yes. were a kind of pale firefly. As a, oh, firefly. still a bit of light, you can, we can still see the difference between the sky and the clouds, and there's still a touch of light left in the sky, but all everything else is a deep, deep shadow, all the underneath of the trees, and then to be surrounded by all of the plants here on the deck and to feel how happy they are to be here and to be participating with all of us. A wonderful way to uh, give yourself the healing blessing of green to grow things in pots and planters and surround yourself with them. Yes. And tonight, Susan, is it a full moon as well tonight? I believe it is. Okay. Okay. Yes. All right. Thank you so much. I love you dearly. And um, I I just thank you from the bottom of my heart. Love you, love you, love you too. I'm so glad I could lay out here that it's not raining. 
in here. I thought that they had set off all their fireworks and they were just waiting for it to get darker. Keep loading their, their whatever they got going there. We can hear them for sure. Sounds like they're having the festivities. Um, I am not seeing any hands in the queue that have been raised yet, so I'll remind everyone listening, if you have a question and would like to speak live with Susan this evening, please press 1. That will allow us to see your hands go up in the queue, and we can open your line up for conversation. Um, And so, let's see if we wind up without any more questions, and there aren't any email questions, and we don't have somebody to interview then I'm going to say that we get to go home half an hour early. Oh, all right. Well, everyone, right? you hear that? Yeah. Works for me. Um, yeah. I, so I'm happy yeah. to stay here and answer questions. Sarah Ellen's happy to stay here. And if there aren't any email questions and there aren't any hands raised, then at 9 o'clock we will bid you adieu until next week. All works for us. All right. So, yes, we'll take another minute here or 30 seconds to let you find that number one on your phone and raise your hand. You've still got some time here if you would like to speak with Susan this evening. We do not have any email questions, uh, but if you have a question and would like to send it in by email, you can just use the contact button that you'll find on any of Susan's web pages or thewisewomanschool.com. Um, as long as you send it to the contact button, it will make its way to me and then um, it will be presented to Susan on the show. Um, all right, I am not Hey, now this time. Harvard Women's Health uh, issue that I'm looking at in which I uh, told you about this study about osteoporosis drugs, they have paired that up with a wonderful article that says, how much calcium do you really need anyhow? And basically what it says is you know that you're supposed to be getting 1,000 milligrams of calcium a day, but you'd be surprised to learn that there's a lot of health authorities that don't agree with that. In fact, um, there are many who think that you're going to really harm yourself if you take calcium supplements at that level. The World Health Organization says that the actual daily need for calcium is probably around 500 milligrams a day. When you consider that a quart of nourishing herbal infusion probably contains more than 500 milligrams of calcium, and that's almost any of those infusions. If you pair that with a cup of yogurt, which is going to get you three or 400 milligrams of calcium, especially if it's just plain yogurt, you can see how easy it is get the calcium that you need. What I find that many people don't talk about is that calcium is a brittle mineral, and we need far more than calcium in our bones to keep them strong. We need flexibility minerals, and this is where the minerals and the nourishing herbal infusions really shine because they add to the flexibility of the bone, creating real bone health then. In the past two decades, several clinical trials involving thousands of postmenopausal women have sought to determine how calcium intake affects the risk of hip fracture. Calcium and vitamin D supplements do not prevent fractures. 
That is their first bullet point. And you recall that I was in one of those studies, the vital study, one of the largest studies ever done in seeing about that supplementation. And then they also found that high calcium intake, either from food or pills, did not reduce the rate of hip fracture in anyone. So is calcium the golden girl it's made out to be? It's not insignificant, but she needs, like all of us, to have her friends. Can't do it alone. Can't do it alone. Uh, Now we get the frog chorus. Mm, they sound so beautiful. I, I, right, you know when this is it. Now it's really gonna get dark. The frogs have started. Mm, sing it right, in. There, there's an absolute signal. If you're outside and you haven't yet, like, really, like, found a shelter for yourself, you've got about five minutes. Mm-hmm. Once the frog starts, because it's still. I mean, we're we're still lulled into it here. It's still bright enough. The sky is bright enough, but that we think we've got tons of time before we have to take shelter. I know I've camped out enough to suddenly find myself in the pitch dark. Remember, I told the story about camping on the frozen lake. Mm. Oh, right, because we wound up pitching our tent in the pitch dark, mm. and it wasn't until we wow. woke up the next morning sinking that we discovered what we'd done. That sounds like a very cold night. Uh, no, it was a very cozy night. It was a great place. It was really flat. It was one of the flattest places I've ever camped. Wow. On the that alone should have tipped me off, don't you think? Flat, no trees. Hello, you're on the frozen lake. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe when it started sliding across the lake. And we had to dump all of our gear in the corners to keep it from sliding. Maybe at that point we might have, like, gotten what was going on. But, nah, we were too tired. We were really just too tired. We were totally exhausted. Wow. Yeah. How far I can hike in the mountains. And we were just, like, I think I believe that we were even so tired that night. We just, like, went to sleep without eating. Mm. So one of those where you're too tired to boil water things. Wow. But fortunately, we woke up early, and it was just the top layer that was thawing. <laughs> Thank goodness. Thank goodness we were able to slide out. ourselves yeah. out without any, without actually sinking to the depths. <laughs> well, Sarah Ellen, I thank you so much for all that you do to help reweave the healing cloak of the ancients into helping me restore herbal medicine to its rightful place as people's medicine. Just like calcium can't do it without her sisters, I couldn't do it without you. You're so precious to me. I love you so much. Thank you. I love you, Justine. You too, honey. Justine has been making scores of videos. Stay tuned for them. She is really, she's got that new phone and woohoo. He is getting me in all kinds of fun things that we are doing. Love you. 
Justine. Good night, everybody. Green blessings. Till next week. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.